the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right at the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Transfer Deadline Day Special. My name's Mark Isles and I am the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. Stick on your yellow tie, put two mobile phones on the table and pretend to know Alan Kerbishley. This is an hour of 100% pure Bolton Wanderers transfer talk. Will Aaron Collins sign? Is Ricardo Santos' calf okay? Does Victor Adebayejo speak Turkish? All of this and much, much more in an episode of the show that always keeps the transfer window open a crack. Stolen back to Bolton by Pollock. Now Sellers. Blake begins his run. This time he's beaten the offside trap. He's all alone. And it's a decent save by Watson. shows the perils of the offside trap, which are evident again. This is Beardsley! Peter Beardsley scores for his new club. And after playing so well, Barnsley have gifted their opponents a goal. And now it's time to welcome my co-host to this transfer-themed podcast and a man who has several faxes in his pocket. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not a fax. Is Henry Hewitt. I can assure you it is. It's the Rivaldo fax. I've uh, got it. Finally. <laughs> yes, uh, it's been found after Phil Gatz. Where was it? Was it Goodison Park? He brought that out. Remember I don't that? know. I, I can remember him saying it. I can't remember where it was, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that is, that is talk about your, your sayings that haunt you forever and forever and a day. <laughs> and he's, you know, God bless his soul. But he never, never managed to uh, to shake that one off, did he? Um, yeah. yeah, that and the uh, two-tiered close-shot Premier League were his. Uh, uh, and Legacy. you know what? <laughs> yeah, you know what? In hindsight, it would have done Bolton uh, the world of good doing that. So, uh, oh, but yeah. we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had uh, beating Plymouth at Wembley and, uh, and all of that, would we? So, no, no, uh, or or indeed, um, we'll talk briefly. I mean, this is a transfer podcast, and I'm trying to uh, split just to let you guys know we're kind of we're going to do a two pronged approach this this week. This is hopefully going to drop. Um, Wednesday night uh, for you talking about transfers talking about what could happen deadline day um, but we're also going to be doing a, a regular buff um, which is going to drop at normal time so we'll we'll very briefly touch on what has happened this week Carlisle United 4-1 away barring you know 20 minutes of pretty pretty turgid stuff in the second half start of the second half that, that let them back into the game um, I thought it was a, it was a very decent professional performance it was, yeah. Um, you know, I thought the first half was all Bolton and, uh, you know, we've seen it before and you haven't managed to score. So uh, to go in 2-0 up was great. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. For, you know, there was a period of second half where it was Carlisle. And, but even so, I didn't really think Bolton were up against it. I didn't think we were going to draw the game. Even when they scored, you, you're kind of a bit worried and in thinking, God, I'd be annoyed if we don't win this. And then... Obviously, we got over the line. So, uh, yeah, that was great. And uh, that was pretty much all that's happened this week. I can't think of week. any other game that's happened this week. Um, yeah, I mean, about 2,000-plus, 2, 2,200 Bolton fans joined me on Tuesday night at Blackpool to watch 
Uh, literally the, joined you. Literally joined box. me, and I could reach out and touch some of them. In fact, one guy sat next to me in the press box for most of the first half, God bless him. Um, just <laughs> sat there videoing away uh, as, if, as if he was on Sky Sports, just, you know, little selfies and, and, and you know, putting videos of Derek Clark, back of Derek Clark's head and things like that. He was, he was happy as Larry. But anyway, uh, yes, they, they were... They're right on top of you um, in, in Blackpool. And uh, anybody that sat there listening to it on uh, Wanderers TV will have will have heard one guy in particular. He was uh, he was something else, wasn't he? Yeah, I was hearing him. And Ian Everett hates Blackpool. That's all I could hear him <laughs> say. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, no, it was, it was one of those nights, wasn't it? I, I actually said on the podcast last week, didn't I? I said uh, if Bolton to go out of his competition would take a, a referee... Uh, error or a penalty shootout and I was right in the end I just because I, I I didn't see us necessarily you know we seemed up for it you know and mm. one of those things penalty shootouts we've never been good at them have, they, have we so uh, we now move on yeah yeah we'll we'll put a, a full discussion of that in the next pod on Friday we are here to talk about transfers transfer talk and I mean this window dare I say if we were to rewind you know kind of three weeks maybe and we were talking about coming into this we were we were chilled we barely thought a thing would happen I I I don't think I thought it would be anything like as dramatic as it looks like it's going to be no um we oh well we we kind of we released the episode and then uh better had um signed on loan and then obviously we've had Ramsey on uh, on Monday uh, but the news throughout the weekend and to be fair to you Mark I saw on Twitter on Friday you'd said that a big sort of transfer link a big name was going to be announced but it wasn't your story so you let someone else do it and your colleague at the Bristol Post did that on on uh, Saturday and uh, Aaron Collins is all that anyone's been talking about since. <laughs> it, uh, it really has gathered pace, hasn't it? I mean, when we spoke to, to Ian Everett kind of first couple of weeks of the window, he was very chilled. He was like, yeah, we, you know, we might do one, maybe two, you know, to, we know what we want. It's, it's just about patience and that kind of thing. Speaking to Ian Everett on the touchline at Blackpool on Tuesday night, it was like, I might be playing centre half on Saturday. Um, so yes, things can change, and you know, the longer I do this job, the more I, I just realise that I'm destined to, to be on a transfer deadline day blog, for every single transfer deadline day in eternity, for eternity, um, and and Elon Musk this week, uh, he's putting uh, microchips inside people's brains. So that there's no longer a kind of a, a, a need to type or, or kind of interface with your laptop. It's just a, a straight neural thing. That is what NewsQuest is going to do for me. I'm just going to be cryogenically frozen, and that's all I'm going to do. Blog twenty four seven from now on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's my destiny. I, I know what it is. I may as well resign <laughs> myself to it. You'll be uh, in years to come when you're when you know you're at the, the wedding of uh, your son. 
uh, you'll be uh, you'll be there in person, but not in not in spirit, because in spirit you'll be doing a blog about how Miguel Veloso almost signed for Bolton in two thousand and eight, uh, and you'll be live blogging the uh, the wedding from the church. Absolutely, yeah. But yes, I mean it's it, there's serious business to be done. Let's be honest. We'll we'll take we'll kind of take them in order. Let's try and take them in order. Um, we'll start with. Uh, well, we'll start with Calvin Ramsey because he's probably the the biggest deal so far that's that's definitely happened. Um, you know, Liverpool paid four point two million quid for him as a kid from Aberdeen, and I, he'd only played I think fifty games roughly for Aberdeen uh, over a couple of seasons. Um, hadn't even played a full season really. Uh, but then that deal could be worth kind of six million quid. I mean, obviously, the comparisons with, with Connor Bradley are very easy to make. And what we saw on Tuesday night, I think, was quite promising. He's still not maybe fit enough or, or kind of he's, he's not integrated into the system quite well enough. But there was definitely that kind of same energy and willingness to take the ball on. It's quite an exciting signing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I was quite impressed. I was impressed with the way he would bring the ball down on his thigh. You know, he seems very composed. Um, you know, whereas we've seen before, say if the ball's coming at that at that height, people, you know, defenders naturally at our level would head it, and he brought it down and create. You know, he moved the game on and uh, with Bolton having the ball. So yeah, I was impressed with him. You could tell he got a bit tired in the second half, but the first half I thought he did well. One or two crosses maybe going a bit you know not quite but but then again i don't think bolton would did much in the box anyway i don't think we offered much so you, you couldn't you blame him fully for that um but no it's very very exciting and i think this is it you know strength in depth i mean apart from center half at the moment but strength in depth over the pitch is quite good for bolton especially in those in those wide areas that as we've seen when bradley played for us and we've seen with williams and dacus cogley this season it's um you know, we, we do utilise that part of the pitch quite well. It's interesting now to see how this develops because you're bringing in uh, Ramsey with a promise to Liverpool that you'll do something with him and that he will progress as a player. I know that he never does not subscribe to the, you know, his guaranteed games philosophy, but Liverpool are not loaning him to sit on the bench or to, to watch and learn. They are lo loaning him so that he can develop in the same way that Conor Bradley did. Now, Dacus Cogley has done very little wrong this season. I know he's maybe had a, a bit of a, a sticky patch in the last few weeks that may well be as a result of fatigue. But you have young uh, Luke Matheson, you have Geth Jones, of course, who is a right-wing option, as a right-wing back option as well. Where does it leave all those three? Yeah, but this is it, is that they're all fighting for places. And I, I get what the manager was saying with Dacus Cogley, is that he's... He's not running himself into the ground, but they've got to be careful that he doesn't. You know, he's yeah. I know that he's been very cautious with new players, and I know Dacus Cogley signed in the summer, so he had a a month or two to to get used to the Bolton way. But he's been very cautious of having new players who would just hit the ground running. But Dacus Cogley has, and um, yeah, you're right. He's not really done much wrong, and I think everyone wants everyone to be perfect. But you've got to remember. They are League One players. They're not going to be perfect all the time. And I think Dacus Cogley is, uh, you know, he's like that. Mm. So, you, you, yeah, you would need someone who can cover. Um, obviously, you know, Matheson 
he's kind of a cover at the moment, but maybe be looking and thinking he's not had much game time the last few years. So if Dacus Cogley got injured, could you trust Matheson to come in and play 20 games? Possibly not. Whereas with Ramsey, I know he's been injured, but he's played at a, a good level. Mm. So I can understand, yeah, I can understand why they've done it. But it's, um, yeah, I, I think for me, the amount of Saturday Tuesdays we play in, I think he should get enough games because even if, if we played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you could have a, a player that plays both for Saturdays and a player who plays both for Tuesdays and they're having a week off. So I can yeah. see with that, my only issue would be the consistency, you know, if if, if you've got changing the team every week. But, you know, it's it, I guess it's worked so far. He's been very... Uh, he's he, he likes to change things around and we second him a league. Yeah, no, I think that could work. I mean, that's the position, the, the two wide areas that probably, and, and, and maybe the strikers, that probably do the most work, most running. It's like the most physically taxing position. So I guess, you know, rotation does work in those positions if, you, if you're constantly putting in somebody who's recharged and 100% again. So, I mean, let's switch over wings onto the left-hand side. A signing that, again, has been made. Um, Nat... Uh, Nathaniel um, Ogbetta um, signed on loan from Swansea City made an absolutely stunning start to his Bolton career with a goal in stoppage time at uh, Carlisle United and some some wonderful cheerleading towards the end as well he's he's definitely a bit of a character yeah he is uh, I liked his interview with the club I think he's um, you know he's very happy to be up up here back in uh, <laughs> back in the northwest. He's mm. he's from Salford isn't he so um yeah, he's uh, he seems to be someone that the, the the fans can really get behind, and I thought it was interesting watching him on Tuesday because I, I don't think he had much of the play on Tuesday. I think it was more down Ramsey's yeah, yeah. side. So, uh, but then I think whereas obviously Saturday was great, he took his goal really well, and it was a, a brilliant moment and one that everyone's going to remember this guy's debut. But I think Tuesday for me showed that perhaps he's just not quite match fit enough. Mm. Um, and he's still getting his touch back, and and I think he's going to be a good player. But I mean, the difference is for this one is that of course he's out of contract in the summer. So whereas Ramsey's like Bradley, you're never going to have them. You never Ramsey's coming for half a season, maybe next season they might do an eighteen month thing. But he's not going to be Bolton's player in the future. Whereas with Ogbetta, you think well if he plays as well as he did in the two minutes against Carlisle, um, yeah he. he it's, it's one of those try-before-you-buy situations, I guess. Yeah, and then getting him ahead of Peterborough as well. Your mate Dara won't be particularly happy with that. I should imagine they're still looking for, for a couple of wing-backs by all accounts. And I, I feel a little bit for Zach Ashworth. He had his, his kind of big moment in a Bolton shirt on Saturday at Carlisle and he scored... Uh, scored a good goal. I thought he meant it as well. Um, and also, you know, he, he set one up as well for uh, for Paris. Does Does... That kind of um, well, does it weaken his position? Well, I think to be honest with Zach Ashworth, and I think to be fair to him, he has played very well recently since he came mm. back. Um, I thought he's done quite well. I can see what we saw in him before that. We haven't really seen him. I know he scored against Barrow, I think, but we yeah. haven't really seen seen much of him now. Whereas now you're like, right, okay, I can see what the deal was with him. He took his goal very well. I agree with you. I think he meant it. And um, but 
unfortunately for Zach Ashworth, if he'd been playing like, I don't know, like Dacus Cogley, if he'd been playing 20 games this season, you might look and go, that's a bit unfortunate. Mm. He's not given us that yet. So, you have, you know, by all accounts, he could get injured in training and then we don't have him again for another six weeks. So, you, it's it's a bit like Mendes Gomez, really, is that you haven't really done enough so far to warrant not having cover, if you get me. And then, of course, Randall Williams still to come back into the equation there and, and out for several weeks. He's He's got that hamstring tear, but they do expect him to be back and, and playing some part from kind of late February onwards. And it, it sets up an interesting kind of three-way fight for a, for, a, for a position there, doesn't it? I mean, Williams also has the benefit that he could even play on the right-hand side if he needed him to. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, I, you know, I, I do rate Randall Williams. There's moments where, you know, he might give a ball away or, or, or you know, whatever. But I think he's, I think we have got two, with Dacus Cogley, we've got two of the better fullbacks in the league who do what we ask them to do very well. So, we're, we, like you said, we are we are stocked in those positions, which is an important position for Bolton. I think the way we play, um, we need you know if, I know we're short at centre half at the moment, but if we were short in those areas, then we've got a problem because it changes the whole dynamic of how we play. Um, so yeah, you you need those bodies in there who you know can come in, who play to our system, um, and do it well. So uh, no, it's it's yeah, fullbacks is a position where I know a few people were questioning about the cover there, and mm. they've definitely dealt with that in January so far. Right, so we've we've. We've crossed that bridge as far as uh, the, the ones we know have definitely signed. Um, well, a little bit of a treat for you first. For, before we before we move on and talk about what we might sign, let's bring in a couple of my pals from the, the press box. Um, I roped, roped them in uh, to a bit of action at Blackpool the other night. First of all, in fact, I will, we'll hear from Jack Dearden later on, um, on on his search for a striker. Um, but here are the dulcet tones of Mr. Derek Clark and what he's made of the transfer window so far. So I am here with the voice of Bolton Wanderers and Bolton FM. And also, arguably the best standing co-host that we've got at, uh, at the Buff obviously. Towers, obviously, Derek Clark. Derek, right. Transfer deadline is upon us. Mm. Um, now, Aldridge have already done some decent business. They brought in uh, Nat Ogbetta and they brought in Calvin Ramsey. Now, I want to ask you about Ramsey because you might have seen a bit more of him than, than us folk. Played up in Scotland for Aberdeen for a bit. Impressed enough there for Liverpool to pay quite a considerable sum. How Connor Bradley-esque is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, very impressed that the Bolton managed to get that one over the line because, uh, I mean, Liverpool don't buy diddies do they no. uh, so he was a top player for Aberdeen came through their youth academy uh, loads of energy uh, I can see why Liverpool spent a, a great chunk of money to get him down there uh, he is sort of Connor Bradley Mark 2 I would say I don't want to put too much pressure on, on the boy right enough because uh, we now see like Bradley that. turn it up uh, for Liverpool's first team so uh, but I'm really excited about seeing him in a, a Bolton jersey uh, Alberta we all know what an introduction he had at the weekend as well but uh, Ramsey for me uh, I think that is a, a fantastic bit of business to get him. Obviously, the relationship with Liverpool shows that uh, they trust Bolton in rearing uh, their, their players. So, uh, yeah, cannot wait to see him bobbing up and down that, that right-hand flank. I think he's going to be a, a real 
real asset to Bolton, so uh, yeah, kudos to the uh, the recruitment team for getting that one over the line. And also, Josh Dacus Cogley, I mean, he's played every minute of every single game, seemingly. Bit of a marathon man, he yeah. deserves a bit of a rest, doesn't he, let's face it. Yeah, absolutely, I think uh, we'll be just uh, managing his minutes, I'm sure he'll be itching to play every minute of every game, he's like a Duracell bunny, isn't he? Yeah. Think, yeah, he never <laughs> said that about him as well, so, uh, but it's good to have uh, options there. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be a, a selection dilemma for the manager going forward who he's going to who's going to select there. But uh, I think uh, it's a, it was a real quality addition. So um, I think you will get op- well, you will get opportunities from here until the end uh, of the season. But uh, yeah, we've seen what Bradley done last last term. If uh, if uh, Ramsey can have a similar impact, then uh, jobs are good in the city. All about strikers then. Aaron Collins, quite a big mm. bit of money on the table for Alan Collins. I mean, you know, for a, for a club that hasn't spent a great deal, it's a, it's quite a massive sum that they've, they're suggesting. I mean, the, the pressure will be on him, I suppose, if the deal gets over the line for him to, to fire Bolton towards promotion. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier on. I mean, they're spending a bit of cash on him, so he'll be coming to play games. Yeah. Uh, I think of Dan, when will he be back from injury? There's a bit of noise about uh, Victor as well, isn't there, at this moment Aye. in time? Um, so, could one head out the door who knows um, so yeah I'm excited about if Bolton can get this one over the line of course as you mentioned there uh, he's someone that's attracting a bit of interest so if they can get him in the door a striker I think that's what the supporters want isn't it another, uh, another uh, more reinforcements in the forward line um, so I think if they can get him in they're better in Ramsey that's a, a good window for me do you know what you reckon I think it's fair, fair to middle, and I think there'll always be uh, one position. I think p- defensive mm. midfielder. People seem to suggest is that there has not been a direct replacement for MJ Williams, and I think that's the one that always comes up when em- when anybody debates this online. What, what about you? Uh, yep, bring him home is what what I say. <laughs> but no, uh, Justice for MJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I can see the point. I, I think uh, for me, the team, uh, the squad is pretty good. I know uh, the manager said he wants some fresh faces just to give everyone a lift I can understand I think Alberta did that yeah. I think Ramsey will do that I think get a striker in uh, that's pretty good business it remains to be seen if uh, one or two might head out the door I'm sure um, uh, the manager will be uh, pretty busy in terms of uh, phones going being red hot between now and uh, the, the, the window closing so uh, who knows uh, it's one of those ones I'm sure supporters will be, will be checking their phones uh, uh, constantly as well look, looking for updates but I think uh, those three in the door is uh, good business uh, I think midfield here is a stack of players we've got Thomason in there uh, who's uh, been absolutely sensational this season he's Sheen. turned into that sort of player hasn't he hasn't he has yeah, yeah 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 so um, I mean £1 million uh, Bristol City offered how much is he doesn't get out of bed for £1 million no, now, right? no, no absolutely no, not no. so uh, delighted that he, he turned them down so uh, I think they're pretty stacked in that, in that, that position um, hopefully Touchwood don't get any injuries uh, but yeah I think it's been a, a good window of course there's still a bit of time but uh, I think uh, most supporters will be quite satisfied with uh, the business that's been done Derek Clark satisfied <laughs> yeah thanks very much to uh, Bolton's big yin for that one um, now let's look forward to transfer deadline day what might be coming up it's happening people
have an easy day of it. I thought it was going to be a transfer deadline day blog that I could say right at the very off. Look, there might be a couple of loans going out, but there's really not going to be a lot of stuff to be done, people. I haven't really had to bring in any biscuits, but instead... There is a truck outside with McVitie's written on the side of it and two big guys carrying huge boxes. That's the kind of deadline day I'm expecting. Yeah, I mean, in years gone by, we have actually recorded this on a, a Thursday, on a deadline day morning, and uh, it's been quite relaxed. But no, not this year. We're having to do it on a, a Wednesday. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, uh, this is... This is uh, the thing is, I know Bolton used to be very busy on deadline day, uh, before football ventures came in, and um, you know they were they, that was because we were we were shopping in the ba- basement, uh, no, in the bargain bucket, bargain basement bucket, in the central aisle of little. <laughs> yes, uh, so Probably. we had to wait until the very end. Yeah. But uh, now we're not quite doing that. But um, so I think it's it's it's. I mean, it's entertaining. It's what you want. You want a deadline day where you're stuck watching your blog and and seeing what we're doing and uh, and yeah i'm excited so uh the way i see it at the minute uh, aaron collins a second bid has gone in through and that was confirmed by inevert after the game against blackpool on tuesday night he says it is a second and final bid now i mean football is a funny old game as somebody once said is there ever a second? Is there ever a final bid? Is there all? It's a bit like saying I'm not going to do any business in the transfer window, and then there's always a deal. There's always something to be done. Um, is there any wiggle room? Do you think? Um, I think I, this is difficult for me because I'm speaking as a fan, and I, I look and go, the strikers are the most exciting signings. So mm. if you're going to sign the uh, league, cur- current League One Player of the Year. Then yeah, you you won't go on throw an extra two hundred and fifty grand at them, but you know, but then the sensible you put your sensible head on and you think, well, you know, Collins hasn't really played higher than League One, um, so do you want to be throwing money at, at uh, you know, at that? We've obviously had recent financial implications mm. and and worries, so do you, you don't really want to be that club that is throwing money. Uh, you know, and just overpaying for players. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, a lot's been said about Jerome and Bodvarsson and, um, you know, and Adebayo in parts. And actually, Dion at the moment, there's a lot being said about him. And But realistically, for me, we're still scoring goals. You know, there's not many games where we don't score. Um, so if we, we didn't get Collins, and bearing in mind, he, he said that there's... You know, there is perhaps other options up front. So it might not be, if we don't get Collins, it might be we get someone else. Mm. It's, I don't think, I would rather, I, I would love to get Collins in. He's a good player and and he, I think I, I've quite liked him whenever I've seen him play Bolton. But do I want Bolton to overpay for someone? No, I don't. So I would rather, if Collins becomes a bit of a fast, then I'd rather him go for someone else. So the the news at the minute is that this bid is worth £750,000. Now, how that stacks up, Bolton have got history of play, paying in chunks and, and with bonuses sewn into things. So I, I, I would almost guarantee it's not £750,000 lump fee. Um, but for a player who last year was voted the, the best player in the division, 
you'd have to say that is is reasonable price for me. I think it's 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 quite a good bit of business. It also, uh, and I've kind of been semi guilty of this as well, talking about the financial position of football ventures and and how much how much cash has has gone into actual signings. It is a a sizable chunk. It is it is a show of faith in Ian Ever and his recruitment team and and all that kind of stuff. That this is the kind of signing that's going to get promotion. Um, in a sense, it is a gamble because, of course, you are spending that, and Bolton are, are sat there second at the moment, and nothing is nothing is guaranteed next season yet. But uh, yeah, it's it's certainly it's certainly got a, a real kind of air of gravity about it. It's a real statement, and I think that if they can get this one over the line, there'll be a lot of clubs, particularly up the top end, that are thinking, yeah, well, they clearly mean business. Yeah, um, I think that's we would definitely be that. You know, I know I said that you know Collins hasn't played higher and and whatever, and that's if we do sign him, that's something that will need to be looked at next season, mm. um, and obviously get him up to championship level. But like, yeah, he's a he's a top player. Everyone knows who he is. Um, I, you know, I, I saw somebody shared a video of his highlights. I think Bristol Rovers have put it together last season when he won mm. the uh, Player of the Season, and he looks a player who. Obviously, he can score. He's, he knows where the goal is, but also he's a player that perhaps that Dion isn't. You know, he, he's someone who will go out wide and cross the ball in, and he's got a good cross on him. And I think working up front with Dion, however, he comes in as like a, it's him and Dion with Adebayo or or Bodvarsson kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I think he can add, he definitely add something to the to what we've, you know, to what we've got. So um, yeah, it, it's it's. It's an exciting one. It's definitely a name when it was released that everyone was like, everyone got excited about it, and it was, it's someone who, yeah, I think, obviously we'll talk more about it on Friday's episode. But looking at the table at the moment, and in particular the fact that we just need to win one of our games in hand and we top of the league. If you are bringing in Aaron Collins, he's someone who who you wouldn't think he needs to settle he, he should mm. be quite settled in the league he's playing with better players so that should help him so he's someone who definitely could push us over the line i mean he's boxed himself into a bit of a corner really with bristol rovers and we were talking about the fee being the major sticking point here bristol rovers reportedly wanted a, a million pounds for him i mean joey barton valued about five million pounds last season and i'm not too sure what planet he's on really in just in general really uh, <laughs> joey barton but certainly in that in that regard um we're led to believe this one's worth seven hundred and fifty. The final bid. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would, I would say, I would say that the the situation that he's in because he withdrew from the squad to play Oxford at the weekend after Bolton's first bid. Surely he's kind of queered his pitch a little bit there. It's 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 not going to be very easy for him to turn around and and be accepted again as as, as a fan's favourite that he was before. No, and this is what's interesting about it is that I think, um, yeah, Bristol Rovers, uh, Bristol Rovers will come out and say, "Oh, he's he's only for sale for what we value him at," and they're well entitled to do that. Mm. But, and I'm sure Aaron Collins would come back into that Bristol Rovers team. But then you've got to think, well, how is it going to affect his teammates? How is it going to affect the fans? Mm. How, all of these questions that are being asked, Aaron Collins. Where's his head going to be at? Because with respect to Bristol Rovers, Bolton are a, a bigger club. We're also on the verge of going to the championship. So hopefully, 
<laughs> hopefully. Um, so, uh, so he will look at that and go, well, if I play another few months for Bristol Rovers, you never know what's going to happen. Could I fall out of favour? Would that championship option be there mm. in the summer? Possibly not. So he, that's what he's looking at. Um, but for me, if you're looking at half a million pound for a League One striker, that's more than more than enough. So I think if they're asking for more, I think maybe there's a bit of greed in there. They're just trying to squeeze every penny out of Bolton. But mm. if you, it's like with Dion Charles. If you offered Dion Charles is what a similar age to Collins is he mid twenties? I think he's slightly older, but yeah, slightly yeah. older. But if you offered three quarters of a million for Dion Charles or a million, mm. you're going to accept it, really. So, uh, you know, and and Dion scored more goals this season than Collins. So that's that's. I think I would be surprised if Bolton are not back on this one, especially so close to the deadline. I think we'll get emails on your valuation of Dion Charles there, Henry, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. Um, the the other one that's been in the ether really since the start of the window was Niall Ennis at, at Blackburn. Now, there has been interest. You never kind of confirmed that uh, to us uh, a couple of times now that Bolton were looking at it, bringing him in on loan. That was going to be the only deal at one stage of the game. Um, but what's happened there seemingly is that the Blackburn Rovers have wanted a cast iron guarantee that that there's going to be a fee at the end of it. Now, the, the reported fee is £500,000. Whether that is uh, absolutely bob on or not, we, we shall wait and see. But... I mean that in itself carries a, a bit of a, a bit of a sting, really, because if he if he stinks the place out, you obviously don't want to be paying five hundred thousand pounds for him. If you don't get promotion, you probably don't want to be paying five hundred thousand pounds for him. So, I can kind of see why they've backed away from that, but I don't think it. My hunch is that I don't think that deal is entirely dead because if Collins were to collapse, I could see them trying to renegotiate that with with Ennis and, and maybe trying to to just do a kind of try-before-you-buy type of thing with him. Yeah, I mean, bearing in mind that our other striker, Dion Charles, is worth £20 million, <laughs> um, I think uh, for half a million is quite a good deal. Um, no, I've, you, yeah, you're right. And that, that was my worry with it when I, I read your story about it. And mm. um, Ennis is a good player and he could easily come in and, and be a game-changer. And it's, yeah, you know, if that's... If the option to buy is kind of a he's yours for half a million if you want him, then great. But I don't, this again, I mean, I don't know football finances. There's, there's rumours about Blackburn's situation at the moment and maybe that's what they're looking at is having a guaranteed mm. money coming in. But for me, if Ennis comes in to Bolton and does well, I suppose you could look at it at the other side. And if Ennis comes in and doesn't do well, then he's not going to be worth anywhere near half a million. But if he comes in and does well and Bolton go, hmm, well well Bolton would probably pay half a million for him or they go well you can't really afford it someone else is going to pay it mm. so I, I don't know I think uh, yeah I'd, I'd I'm with Bolton on this one with Ennis Ennis would have been a nice signing uh, but he's not someone for me who I'm like he's not an Aaron Collins he's not someone who I'm that excited about mm. he's a good player but do you want to you know, have this half a million pound burden around your neck. You probably don't know. Mm. So uh, if he comes in, great. If we can get him on loan and then maybe look to sign him in the summer, he does well. Brilliant. But yeah, if it's a, if you're paying for half a million for someone, 
like that, you yeah, you probably uh, you're probably best to leave it. The interesting thing for me is is how it works. I mean, if Collins does come in, who does Collins play with, and and where does it leave the other strikers in the equation? Because that'd be a Joe. There has been reported interest from Turkey, uh, Gostepe, and Germany, Hanover. We're told by Ian Everett there is absolutely no way on earth he's entertaining the sale. But there is always, again, like I say, there's never any guarantees in the transfer window. Turkey's transfer window is actually open uh, a full week plus past England's. So they could easily wave a check in front of Bolton that, that makes them change their mind. Um, I, you know, they don't want to leave themselves short. Let's trust trust what you're never saying on that one. But it could still be quite interesting. I mean, I could be blogging about this for a week. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, I don't. I mean, you you're looking at making a profit on him. So yeah, in an fact, ideal we, we're, world, we're led to believe it was five hundred grand that they paid Burton. That's certainly what the, the number Burton put out straight away. Yeah, so in that sense, you're expecting that if Adebayo goes, the money we're spending on Collins, you're going to get back for Adebayo. Yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, people would look at, is that a, a swap you'd like to do? I think Adebayo, is, is, he started the season well. He, he was he was trying to work it all out last year, and it was difficult coming into a new team, a team that's more attacking, a team that has more possession and all of that. Um, he started well. There was a bit of a... Uh, he didn't a quite lull. yeah a lull yeah he I thought he was still doing okay but he was still a bit of a lull and now he's come back and I think he's playing well mm. so you know I think again it's 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 one of these situations where you look and go can Adebayo do it in the championship and to be honest with you I actually think he could I think the higher the level maybe not Premier League but the championship could suit quite a few of our players more than League One and his his touch has got better. So he could be an option next year, in which case you don't want to sell him. But if you if you look at him and go, mm, I'm not quite sure he can do it in the championship, then the position Bolton are in, you probably would be better to get the get a profit for him. So it's an interesting one, and it all depends on how to be Asia. You know, it, it's would he want to go? Is he happy where he is, or is he fancy a trip to Turkey or more money? It's because these the team the rumored team are they are they like second they're quite high in the yeah they're, table? they're, they're, doing, well. they're doing quite well I mean you know the the, the wages in Turkey are astronomical because the tax situation is is really because that's why a lot of players do go there but I mean it's probably one for Adebayo it's quite an exciting one he could he could easily you know fire Bolton to where they need to be this season and then look in the summer uh, I think Bolton will get a profit on Adebayo I think he's 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 improving. Um, that performance against Luton, which was seen around the world, has certainly done him the world of good. And and I'm I do genuinely think that he can be a first choice striker for Bolton and and continue to be so. And it and it be the other position that could could rotate a little bit. Charles and you know maybe Collins for example. So yeah, I, I'm 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 Team Vic on this one. I think he's uh, I think he's got he's got options, but I don't see him going anywhere. Is is the bottom line? I don't see Bolton necessarily cashing in on him unless there is a stupid offer. There's always the caveat, but I can't see there being a a stupid offer. Um, the the other two strikers in this equation, Jon Dalibavarsen, sun 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 sun, so the yeah, Carlisle uh, announcer said. Um, Jan Dalibavarsen and Cameron Drone both have had 
uh, inquiries from League One. I mean, there was a bit of uh, debate about whether Cambridge had been in for Bavarsen. Um and their situation again, you know, it hasn't. They've not been first choice all season. They've been coming in and, and impacting off the bench when they have played from the start. I, against Blackpool, for example, there have been question marks. It hasn't always worked. They have been better coming off the bench as they did at Carlisle and, and totally transformed the game. Um, I'm sure they won't appreciate me saying that they may impact subs because no striker ever does. Um, Bob Varson, incredibly popular. I'm sure Bolton fans wouldn't want to lose him. But it, adding another striker in there who is going to be getting games, if you were to sign Collins, does make it an interesting kind of couple of days for those two as well. Yeah, it does. Um, and it's it's so funny where deadline day falls and, and what people think of some players. You know, Bob Varson at the moment, people are getting on his back a bit. Um and that's possibly because he's not scoring goals. He's, he's, you know, I feel like he's he's doing enough with the ball for me. He's probably he's one of Carlisle definitely should have stood. By the way, that was a fantastic finish. It was, and I, 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 I even at the time watching it, you know, on the screen, I thought I, I couldn't see where the ref, the linesman had picked up an offside from with that. Mm. But hey, it didn't matter in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, he's you know he's not scoring as much as we know he can. I think he's got the best touch in the in the team of mm. the ball. Mm. Maybe only Sheehan has a better touch than him. Uh, the way he brings it down and can get past players is fantastic. So he does offer quite a lot, but, you know, people are getting on his back at the moment, obviously he missed his penalty the other night. So you, it's a difficult one with him. You you don't want to stay for longer than what you uh, you should do. And it's just mm. so, it's so, it's it epitomises football so much. The fact that, John Daddy Bud Varson, at the end of last season, even though he'd had his injury problems, everyone was delighted to see him stay on for another year. And now, four or five months later, half the fan base want to see him leave. Mm. So it's just funny how it works. And and would it be better for Bud Varson to, uh, to, fight, to go out on loan and then maybe turn into summer in, in, in the summer? Because to be honest, I don't see us keeping him after the summer. For me... For Bod Varson, he'll probably look and go, well, it's going to be better for me getting, you know, not starting every week, but getting games in a promotion-winning team. Mm. And then he, he'd probably have more options in the summer. So I don't see, unless Bolton force him out, I don't see him leaving. And Jerome, Jerome's Jerome, he just seems to be enjoying himself with the role he's playing at the moment. He's, you know, he's, again, some weeks people say he adds a lot and other weeks they say he doesn't. But he's, uh, again, I, I don't think he's, a horrendous footballer. I think he's a, a good footballer at this level. So he's probably the same. They're probably happy to stick around. I mean, he should have scored early on against Blackpool. I don't think there's any doubt about yeah. that. I'm sure Cameron will say that himself. There's been a couple that uh, he should have scored. But uh, I think he does a lot more. And we've talked about it on the podcast lots of times about what he does behind the scenes. And, and Jon as well has, has got that experience behind him as well. I, I don't see Bolton letting either of them out. I just wonder about their situation. And, and the next few months are going to be interesting because, as you say, both contracts are out in the summer. Um, depending on the division that Bolton play in, maybe that, that makes the decision on whether they stay on or whether or not uh, they move on to Pastures New. We shall see. That's football for you. Um, Tuesday night at Blackpool through another spanner in the works. And... 
it was a bit of a king size one, really. I mean, Ricardo Santos, he went off in the in the warm up, and and a few of the fans alerted me um, at the ground, and then on on social media, the guy at uh, the guy at BBC uh, Lancashire was trying to find out what had happened as well. He went down the tunnel quite early, um, looking like he might have hurt himself. We weren't sure whether he just nipped to the loo or whether he. And then when he came kind of bounding out, we thought, oh, there was that, you know, panicking over nothing. Uh, but then, of course, he gets subbed off at half time and we, we learn he's got a calf injury. So this is Wednesday. He'll be having his scan, you know, roundabouts now as we're talking. Um, Owen Toll also carrying an injury, we're told, an Achilles injury, which also will have a scan today. Um, both players could theoretically be facing a spell out which would leave Bolton down to a centre-half partnership of Jack Iredale and Josh Dakers Cogley on on Saturday against Barnsley which isn't ideal no it's not um probably best for Toll not to play on Saturday bearing in mind that Sam Cosgrove will be playing oh good, good point um, yeah yeah and but then again Sam Cosgrove is a big lad so if you've got <laughs> centre-halves of Dakers, Cogley and Zach Ashworth, then we're going to have problems. But, mm. um, yeah, it's it, it it's just one of those things that happens, isn't it, near the deadline. And, and like you said before, Bolton were expecting not to do much. And, and we even spoke at the start of January, go, well, where do Bolton need to improve mm. or, or get bodies in? You're kind of like, yeah, maybe full-backs, maybe this area, maybe that area. But centre-half, we were like, well, we're probably fine with that. Mm. And, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, now we we suddenly down the line, thirty days down the line, and we're um, we're struggling and we're struggling for bodies. And um, you know, this is the the thing at the moment is probably the B team isn't quite at the point yet where you can just pick someone from the B team. So it's mm. maybe another year down the line, maybe that would be an option. But um, yeah, they need to obviously do something. Whether they call in um, another loan from Man City or. Liverpool or United and go down that route and have someone who who because uh, I, I don't think Bolton will go down the free agent route I don't necessarily no. think that's that's where we, the, the sort of team we are now no, so, it's, point, it's uh, pointless at this stage of the game isn't it it wouldn't be yeah. fit anyway no exactly so uh, yeah it, again that becomes another option you're looking at now Collins plus probably a centre half because mm. as we speak and never say never because Bolton have had quite a few injuries this year. Every other part of the pitch, they look okay. The problem with football is it, it can be very short-term thinking, and 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 that's quite dangerous. So when we talked about where the positions needed to be at the start of January, Gething Jones hadn't had his call up from Australia, and we were still all theoretical about that. Um, Will Forrester was fit, and Randell Williams, you know, was was fit, and and, and everything looked quite quite rosy in that respect unfortunately things do happen and I don't think you can legislate for that I think I've seen quite a lot of criticism of the club in general just to say oh well shouldn't they have known about this I'm not sure they could necessarily have predicted that you know three of your first choice defence would be would be dropping out um, you know obviously George Johnson as well to, to throw into that because of he would um he would definitely have been in the team had he been fit as well at the start of the season. 
Uh, it's a difficult one. And the other thing is, if, if you are buying bodies as a just-in-case, I mean, how do you keep those guys motivated when you're like, well, you know, somebody will get injured soon, don't worry, you'll have a game, and then when they're fit again, you're not going to play. It's it, it, it's a real difficult thing. I understand the idea of, of keeping a, a, a lean squad or as, as lean a squad as you can um, to keep everybody thinking they're going to get games and, and, you know, that that kind of motivation that Ian Everts strive for this season and, and he's got as well I mean you can see the, the the problems that we've often talked about about substitutions in the past and not really making an impact people do look hungry to come on and, and do something nowadays and um, whether they're in the team or not I'm not sure you get that if you've got players that are just hanging around for the odd game here and there um, kind of the Will Ameson situation where it just looks so second choice and even when he played himself into some form, you just knew down the line that he wasn't going to be in the team towards the end of it. Um, it's it's a real difficult one, and I do sympathise a little bit with um, with Ian Everett on that one. But he's got to he's got to find a, a signing from somewhere because they just simply don't have enough cover at the minute. And un, unless he's going to strap his boots on, um, we're going to have problems. Yeah, it's um, it's I guess it's modern management, and uh, you know, gone are the days where you got fourteen players, and uh, you just have to keep three of them on the bench happy, and one's in a, a sub goalie anyway. But uh, you know, now you've got a whole squad, but then they play more games. So Ian Everett will argue, well, you know, these players will come in and play some games because they've got to. But I guess you've got to get the right mentality. Will Amerson to his credit, had very good mentality, the fact that he came in and performed like he did. Same with MJ Williams. He came in when we needed him and performed like mm-hmm. we did, even though we knew that down the line they'd be taken back out. So I guess this is the, the the you know, what Chris Markham and Ian Everett need to find is a player with the right mentality who uh, will come in, perform very well, but then chances are down the line, come back out again. Justice for MJ. I'm going to make that a thing by the end of this transfer window, I'm sure of he it. Sco- he scored on Saturday. Yeah. He scored a good goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people were talking about MJ and haven't replaced him, etc., etc. I think probably that is right, but having that versatile midfielder slash defender is, is it would have been quite useful. Um, but we'll, she'll see. I think it's going to add a little bit of sauce. We don't know what the scans are like for, for Toll and Santos as things stand, so hopefully... Um, Hopefully they're fine. I mean, you know, as much as I'd like to, I like to to add a bit of spice to the old transfer deadline day blog. Actually, what I'd really like is for them both to be perfectly all right and and for no signings to be needed. But um, maybe it just puts something in the back of Ian Everett's mind that he's going to need some sort of cover. Um, we shall see some last-minute business. Um, right, well, I promised you earlier that we'd catch up with Jack Dearden of BBC Radio Manchester fame, of course. Now, Jack can remember the days before they had transfer windows at all, um, and, and they just had, like, transfer chimneys in the roof of buildings that were made out of wattle and daub. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes, I, I managed to get five minutes with, uh, with Mr Dearden, um, and here's what he makes of the striker search. And I'm here with the eminent Jack Dearden, uh, the hottest free agent on the podcast circuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jack. Still, yeah, still hoping for a contract, despite the fact I'm, you know, I'm out of contract at the moment. So yeah. you never ever know, do you? You never know. You never. Know. And we, we, we might find uh, we might find a use here at some stage, Jack. But uh, you Unlikely. and me, you and me are buzz, you and me are busy at this time of year. Yeah. You and me are busy at time of year. Now we're all talking about Aaron Collins, mm. potentially Nile Nile Ennis, maybe a, a plan B up front. 
a lot of money they're spending on him. It's uh, it's interesting times, isn't it? Yeah, very, it is interesting times as well. I think pretty much from what I'm hearing that they've gone about it the right way. I think they've already gone on record, but one is just saying they've had a bid turned down, mm. uh, and he's not their player. Mm. Maybe we have to add at the moment. Mm. Look, the way things often shape up, there'll be potentially a compromise but there'll only be a compromise if the two teams can agree on a final figure right. I mean you might get into that categorization of you know we'll give you X amount of money and then if he gets 10 goals between now and then the see whatever if he mm. signs we'll give you a bit more if Bolt Wanderers going to the championship you might get a bit more it wouldn't surprise me if that wasn't the ultimate outcome but mm. interestingly of course uh, as everybody will have observed by now uh, he told Bristol Rovers he didn't want to be considered for selection. I think he's been a little bit out of favour there as well mm. uh, since they changed managers. So there's probably a little bit of both as well. Uh, but yeah, on the face of it, there's probably still a bit more talking to do. Or maybe all the talking's over. But I, I do think that Bolton Wanderers probably will have a cut-off point and say, enough's enough, do this now or do it for this amount, otherwise we'll look elsewhere. We know what football's like. There's a lot of politics that goes on. Clearly, Collins has kind of played his card by pulling out this squad. As he boxed them into a corner, but is the pressure now on to, to do a deal? Because he's, he's unlikely to be able to go back and play again there, is he? Yeah, I heard the Bristol Rovers manager, I think understandably, say, no, the ball is in the, in, the, in their court because he's got 18 months less on his contract. But mm. Do you want an unhappy player at your club? I'm not just talking about this particular person, mm. this particular club at all whatsoever. Uh, you know, you just don't. I mean, all managers say, well, you know, they try to keep people happy there's some there's some reason there that he thinks he can probably move on from Bristol Rovers listen he's got lots of goals last season uh, and he on the face of it Mark I think he'd probably good, be a good acquisition for Bolton Wanderers I really really do and sometimes it will spark up a player as well won't it just to get that that different look that different feel look at I, I, I'm not being disrespectful to Bristol Rovers, I've got to be honest about it. If it was me and I was that player, then I'd be thinking, you know what, if Bolton wants to sign me, I'm going to give that a go. If he gets the ball, they might not, they might dig their heels in, because that's been done before, hasn't it? They may well say, unless we get the required amount of money for you, you've got 18 months left on your contract, you might have to stay here. I think that's very, very unlikely, to be honest. And just finally, we're talking on the way up here. Dion Charles, Victor Adebayo have been the, 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 the mainstays. They've, they've got the, Dion's certainly got his goals. People have got their views on Victor, but I think he's, he's been a bit underrated. I think he's had a decent season. Beyond that, Bodvarsson, Jerome, maybe a few question marks. Is, is it deep enough if they don't get anybody in? It would have to be if they don't get anybody in. Mm. Uh, if you're asking me, would it be deep enough? Would, would the preferred option to be get at least one more striker? Absolutely, definitely. Yeah unquestionably the other thing it does Mark it doesn't matter it's a striker anywhere it provides he's got on record I think as saying this hasn't he ever previously you know it gives that little bit of extra competition as well mm -hmm. you know and, and you know the reason why strikers cost the most money because they do the most difficult job on a football pitch in my humble opinion and that is sticking the ball in the back of the net that's why they cost a lot of money we better go now, folks. Charles. Otherwise, he'll be showing me his bloody goals tape again. <laughs> yeah, right. possibly. Yeah, let's get yeah. gone. Good old Jacko. Good old Jacko. Right. I mean, that's all we've got time for on this particular podcast, this Transfer Deadline Day special. Um, and hopefully, as I say, this will be dropping on Wednesday night, so you can listen to it at your leisure through Deadline Day. Um, that's assuming I can get my skates on. Um, but we have got another episode coming up, which will be dropping on Friday, as per normal. 
um, where we'll do all the normal stuff and talk about Carlisle, Blackpool. Uh, we've got Barnsley and Cambridge. It just doesn't stop, Henry. No, it doesn't. Uh, very exciting times. And hopefully, uh, with guarding the Barnsley game at the weekend, we've got uh, Santos and Toll, who are the more than the more than fit. He's just playing games because we have we have seen that before with Ian Everett. Mm. We've seen him uh, play the odd game, throw in uh, the players injured, and then they start. Yes, we shall see. Well, here's to several debuts against Barnsley then. Um, until then, <laughs> I have been Mark Isles. And I've been Henry Hewitt. And this has been the Transfer Buff. Transfer Buff.